Welcome to the Hedera Hashcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, Warlock and Key, and in this episode, we'll be talking with the Hashpack team. I'm joined today by Deepak. Hello. May, CEO of Hashpack. Hi. Tyler, CTO. Hello. Nick, CISO. Hello. And Jacob, CDO. Hello. Which is, uh, you know, chief design officer for the people who don't already have a billion acronyms memorized. Let's uh, let's do a little warm up. We, we've we've retired the warm up for a little bit. It's been retired. We're bringing it back. Simple this time. Now, I suspect I, I have very accurate senses. That there's a few gamers on the panel. And I want to know your favorite series of video game. Series? Yeah, because it's hard to pick one. Dark Souls. Cool. Gamer cred. Although I've uh, only beaten the second one. Everyone's least favorite? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I, I think of Dark Souls as the second one because Demon Souls came out first, so I've only been Dark Souls. True. Oh, okay. You're good then. Gamer cred, still, still level here. Yeah, I'd have to jump in and say Dark Souls for me as well. Uh, I'm a big Dark Souls fan. I've played through everything except Demon Souls because I don't uh, have a the, the the PlayStation for it. Um, I want to play the the remake, but I'm I'm almost done with Elden Ring right now. But I'm a huge Dark Souls nerd. Are you loving Elden Ring? Is it <laughs> yeah, everything you good. hoped for? It, it's pretty good. You know, I uh, it's a lot longer than I thought it would be, but it that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's it's great. I kinda, I really like that that style of gameplay, so it's it's enjoyable for me. Jacob, what about you? I'm probably going to say Diablo, I think. Although it kind of took a bit of a turn for the worse after um, the expansions on Diablo 3, but 1 and 2 solid games sank many hours into those when I was uh, a young boy. I never played a single one until I played Diablo 2 last year, and I got stuck at a part because, you know, uh, this may be news to some people, but I, I really like uh, Necromancers and Necromancy. Um, that's the reason I played that game is because you could be a necromancer. And I I made a rule with myself that I would only be able to summon things. That's it. And uh, I got to a point where I just I just couldn't progress and I just got wrecked. And then I cried. <laughs> Hardcore mode. Anybody else? I'd have to say uh, probably like Counter-Strike or Halo. I'm really into it. I think those are pretty... Pretty classic uh, series. Have you checked out the new one? New Halo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of 10, what do we rate it? Uh, eight until co-op comes out. Co-op. It's all about the co-op in Halo. Eight's pretty good. Especially video game score-wise, eight's pretty good. Deepak, what, you... what about you? Uh, I definitely have to say Legend of Zelda, for sure. For this boy... It's Monster Hunter. Every day. Yeah. Well, not every day, but lots of, lots of time spent. All right. Now, I'd say about 99% of the people watching this video are familiar with Hashpack. I think that's a safe assessment. Yes, maybe. All right. For the 1% that isn't, Hashpack is a very useful wallet for storing, sending, and receiving HBAR, Hedera NFTs, and the many, many HTS tokens that seem to be popping up recently. Now, since people are so familiar with Hashpack, this will be a much less formal interview that I'm going to go to. So one thing that I'm curious about is kind of a general thing, and bear with me, it requires a little bit of setup. I want to know how you guys feel about being such a big focal point in the Hedera space right now. You know, lots of new projects are relying on you because of HashConnect, um, us dirty NFT degenerates have been relying on you for a while because of secure trade, even before that. And now you're doing a lot of work on the implementation of HTS tokens. You seem to have become a tentpole of Hedera DeFi. Now, I remember being invited to the hashtag beta. So for me, it's really crazy seeing you now. How do you guys feel about it? Business as usual. <laughs> we, we, kind of, we kind of went uh, into this 
wanting to make the best wallet. We saw that there was a hole in the ecosystem where we weren't happy with the wallets that were out there. So we've always just uh, strived to be the best. And so the fact that we are out here making real utility and helping people to build is really just all part of our our strategy and and what we set out to do when we came into the space. Other thoughts? Don't everybody just nod? That was a long question. It's it's a bit surreal, you know, seeing like that many people using something that you've made, you know, like like seeing screenshots of people sharing NFTs and then having it like be in your app, you know, like that's that's it's cool. But it's also like a bit surreal, just the the amount of it you kind of see out there. Yeah. The one thing I would add to that is uh, kind of seeing people with videos on how to onboard into Hashpack, for example, like. That was stuff that you know we all worked on, and and somebody's making a video about how to how to use it. That's that's pretty crazy. You you guys had like a thing right where there there was a Indonesian game or a lot of Indonesians that hopped onto Hashpack all of a sudden. How was that like seeing just a totally different audience? Just yeah, what's it called like Slime Wars or something? Slime World. Slime, slime World. world. We uh, originally thought that we were getting some sort of attack on us because we had a huge <laughs> spike of account creations and each creation cost us five cents, so uh, which we subsidized. And so we, we just saw it like draining at an at a incredible rate and we were just trying to figure out what, what happened. And I think Jacob was the one that figured out that it was probably Slime World or maybe it was Tyler. I know everybody's so far away in the world, but I'm just imagining a bunch of like papers flying and like, what's going on? How? How is this going to keep going? Ah. Yeah, it seems to happen in waves. We just get spikes of users and we realized it, it's in, in sync anytime Slime World has an update. So they have an update and then there's like a big spike of users and then, it, you know, kind of carries on like that. So we're like, oh, maybe it's Slime World that's um, driving all these new users. So yeah, who, who knew? Whoever thought you'd be kind of a big deal in Indonesia, right? <laughs> it's Not just me. a really cute game, right? And then I guess um, in Indonesia, they have a really big uh, market for people who are making their living playing video games because the uh, currency there, I guess, is so low that you can actually make a livable wage. So there's a lot of emphasis on P2E games, which Slime World is one of them. Um, so it's really interesting that, you know, uh, it took off and it's sort of like for us, it felt somewhat like a step function, but, you know, originating from Asia instead of from anywhere that we expected it to. And it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, calmed down now, but it might just take off again. So it's, it's really interesting seeing how the, uh, how the ecosystem reacts to the various use cases that come online. Let's so talk about, oh, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to hop in and, and say that um, I think this, uh, Jacob, you brought up this point about how uh, in, in like a, in, in Club H Bar, where we all hang out, um, about how there might be too much of a focus or we tend to focus more on use cases that might be centered in America or in North America or in the West in general. And um, I don't know, I guess it's it's kind of, a testament to how this is this technology and the application that you guys are building is beyond that you know it's it's in places Global. like indonesia and uh, asian countries african countries uh etc korea korean yeah there's definitely a good geographic spread i think and it's really cool as well like occasionally do a bit of um googling of hashpack or, or on youtube and there'll just be some you know videos in in different um localities that pop up and it's just cool to kind of see you know that fan-made content happening but from across the world as well um even in nfts as well we've seen a lot of nft creators want to use the hashpack mark or the hashpack uh, backpack and create nfts and i think you know there's people from i think sort of anywhere from europe to asia to, to the us mm -hmm. I know that there's a, a Spanish community that is really trying to get into the header NFT space, and I don't know what their um, 
their project name is at the moment, I think it's just a community that is trying to get in. And they, they don't, like most of them don't speak English. So it's just a, a completely different world that we need those kind of developers and those kind of champions that uh, push those communities forward and build things on. And so, yeah, it's very, very interesting. And being Hashpack, being the uh, leading wallet in the space at the moment, we get a lot of calls on and and people calling us saying like, we want to build and give us tips or um, give us some help with integrating and things like that. It's it's really, really fun. So that kind of leads into, I guess, being a pillar of the community. Like it's being a representative of the Hedera network and the builders, but also a, a wealth of knowledge, right? Or Or do you get a lot of people that want your expertise i i saw that um lg provided some award um or something of the sort can you yeah what, what was the deal with that can you explain that to me tyler was on the call uh yeah so i guess i guess lg was having some like award ceremony for like their employees where they got like certificates or something um and they wanted to give them as nfts so uh, they kind of contacted us. They wanted to do it on Hedera. Um, they they were having some issues with like their minting process and like like how how fast it was like loading and stuff. So like we gave some like information on how to do that a bit better and like uh, how to like format it correctly for for Hashpack um, as well. Like we we added like a few features like the. There's a full screen feature now in in Hashpack, and that was kind of because LG requested that. Um, and That's yeah, it, it was it was interesting. There's like a it it was the South Korean, I think. Yeah, South Korea, uh, LG. So there was like a translator and everything. It was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, and that was set up by the HBAR Foundation, so it was actually a, a really good way for us to get in contact with other people um, through the foundation. So they've been a great help as well going to just jump on that segue speaking of the hbar foundation i heard from from some people online i that, that you that you're receiving a hashtag's receiving a grant from them is that is that true we did yep uh we were in conversations with them for a while and we finally got a grant uh the grant isn't enough to uh to uh make all our dreams come true, but <laughs> it is enough to get two of us on full time. And so that would be me and Tyler that are planning to be on full time as soon as we get the um, accounting sorted out. But uh, yeah, it's actually, it's actually a really good opportunity for us to hunker down and really get things going. And then our plan is to, you know, build out more features and build out more products on Hashpack to get Nick and Tyler online as soon as we can and just get the whole team going full full blast. So it's looking pretty good for us. Uh, we're we're very optimistic. So then, I, are you yeah? Are, are you Oops, planning sorry. on building out just like a suite of products and somehow be able to get or using the HBAR grant money to build out more products and? So you can get more money and then you can get the rest of the lads on, on this, uh, on this entrepreneur Gravy lifestyle. Gravy trains, you know, some, some might say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's still a lot to do. It's really kind of crazy when I think about how much we have to build because, um, we have a little bit of income, but it's definitely not enough to keep us going. So we have a lot to, to put together to, to reach that goal of getting everybody on full time and and uh, making hashpack default alive, I guess is the term. Um, but you know, it, one what, of the what things. What does that, that mean? Hold on. What does the, that mean? I I smiled and nodded, but I, that was a lie. That was a nod. That was a lie. I don't know what that means. Default alive and default dead means if you were to cut out all of your investment and funding, are you going to be alive or dead in a financial sense? Do you have enough money, have enough revenue to keep your team going and, and sustain itself? Or do you just like uh, run out of money and, and have to default, right? Or not default, but, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, broke, close right? down, shut down, whatever. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we're really, really interested in is uh, bridges and also swaps and DEXs. And those seem to be coming... Uh, coming to Hedera real, real fast. There's a few teams that are just 
building as fast as they can. And I'm really, really excited to see that. Um, and then that's going to bring a lot of interest in the space and a lot of, um, a lot of money, which everybody will, will love to see because then we'll see a lot of activity and, and users and everything that comes with that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Hashport to have hash pack integration. Um, cause people are always saying like, oh, like I don't want to have to like make a Venly wallet for Dovu, uh, uh. Um, so hopefully that goes on. Uh, we can work that out soon. Hashbar, are you listening? Are you going to tweet this little section <laughs> where I'm talking about you? Fix it. Fix it. And also maybe come on and I can ask you questions about things. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still, it's so crazy to me. Like seeing this journey that somehow I got roped into being someone that talks about things that I, I don't know that much about. Um, and you guys are just blossoming, blossoming. And with the space couldn't blossom or really do a lot without you guys. So it's, you know, I, I've mentioned it a lot of times in the podcast, but like, oh, when, when's that grant coming? When's that grant coming? Like if anyone needed it, it's definitely you guys. Um, if anyone can deserved you, it, it's definitely you guys. Can you guys talk about how much money you got from HBARF or the HBARF Foundation? <laughs> They're not really that like keen on us sharing it. So I'd rather not. Yeah. But uh, it's it's like a decent amount. It's not a huge amount. And, uh, you know, I think that this is basically how the HBAR Foundation uh, wants to go is they're they're focused on giving people giving projects a leg up, but they're not interested in, you know, paying the whole way. Um, and I think that's fair enough, especially considering like even though they have a lot of HBAR, it does have to last over several years and they have to be strategic with where they put that money, right? So right. they have a lot of a lot of considerations to make. And um, I just think that they're doing the best with what they've got. And, you know, they've got some big names in the works and they've got some projects that are, you know, probably going to see a lot of uh, a lot of interest in the next little while. So I'm I'm very optimistic with uh, how the HBAR Foundation is handling things. Normally, I would ask you to elaborate on that, but the last time I tried to do a leak, it just completely blew up in my face. Um, so no, no more leaks, I guess. It's not worth it. Everybody's too, uh, too desperate for leaks right now. Um, well, yeah, leaks, leaks are, are interesting as well because you can, you can leak things and it doesn't really help the space. Uh, what helps the space is doing things, right? Is launching things and actually having things that are worth talking about instead of making announcements of announcements. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, lesson, lesson learned. Sorry, 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 Justin. I'm sorry. We love you. We love you. We love you, Justin. Please come back on. <laughs> we miss you. I'm sorry. Technically, <laughs> it wasn't my idea, but I'm sorry. Poor guy. Uh, Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> um, something I am curious about is uh, if you, you know, as much as you can tell me, the process of like going through these steps with the HBAR Foundation, I think is interesting. And a lot of people would want to know more about that because it's kind of shadowy. Is it going to stay shadowy? I don't think so. I think that they had a lot of things to sort out. They kind of hit the ground running and everyone expected them to be on the ball from the start. And, uh, they had a lot of, uh, a lot of time that they needed to get things sorted and get, get questions answered on their end. So it's, it was dicey at the beginning. I think that the process is a lot more streamlined now. So people coming in now are going to have a much better experience than people that were trying to get in back in, uh, October, November last year. So I think that, I think that things are going to get better. They recently put out their marketing thing and, uh, yeah, they're just going to keep on making it more clear what exactly they're looking for. So, but this isn't the HBAR foundation cast. This is the hash. Right, right. right. Hashpack. Hashpack. Um, speaking of hashpack, another, <laughs> another easy, uh, segue. Um, you guys are uh, involved with the hackathon. Can you tell us? Can you tell us about that? Humans, sure. Listen up. Uh, Listen, up. 
maybe Jacob? Yeah, so the hackathon, I think it kicks off in a few days, I think, actually, it starts, or maybe a I few think, weeks. I think the 1st of April. The 1st, 1st of April, week? yeah. Yeah, a couple April of weeks. Fool, April um, Fool's Day, always a good, good, uh, good date to have something. Yeah, and so we're, um, we're one of the, the sponsors. So there's a number of sponsors um, for the various challenges that they have. I think there's a total prize fund of half a million dollars. Um, so we're sponsoring a challenge for $5,000. Um, and, and yeah, really, I guess it's just about like enticing people to come in and, and um, build things on the ecosystem and leverage existing tech that's out there. So our challenge is around a thing called login library. And so we're asking participants to create a library that uh, applications can use to authenticate and store public and private information. Um, so, you know, instead of like a traditional web two solution where you'd use an email or a phone number and a password to log into a website, you kind of verify um, that you own a Hedera account. And so we're going to uh, integrate with Hashback, I suppose a bit like um, you would do with MetaMask using HashConnect. So it's kind of that same idea, but on, on Hedera. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our challenge. Don't know whether you want to touch on anything else, May? Do we want to touch on the, um, the, the coin? The uh, yeah. special yeah. thing that we're doing as part of the hackathon that has yet to be... Um, Yet to be released, but imminently release. Yeah, this, yeah, so this is a, yeah this breaking news. This is a leak for you then. Yeah. So, oh my um, gosh, oh, I'm scared now. It better come out, guys. I can't yeah. take much more of this. I was being careful. I didn't know what they were allowed to say, but let's let's go for it. So, um, yeah, we've teamed up with. There's a popular Twitter account called HBar to the Moon, and they produce these really cool um, limited edition coins. You've probably seen them. So I think they have physical coins, but then they also have 3D uh, NFTs as well. So we've minted a set of coins, um, Hashpack branded with messaging around the hackathon on there. Um, and what we're going to do is, as well as the $5,000 prize fund, any additional funds that we make from the sales of these coins will go through to additional challenges throughout the course of the hackathon. So it's kind of a way for, you know, if you're not a hacker, and you're not, uh, you know, you're not, you're not a developer, and you're not taking part in the hackathon. You can still um, kind of take part as, as a community member to help out and support the ecosystem. So you know, the, the community's kind of shown that they're really uh, giving and really generous. And so this is just a, an extra way for people who aren't um, hackers or hackathon um, people who are taking part in the hackathon. They can come in and support in, in a different way. So yeah, we thought That's it was a nice really way cool. to kind of involve both the NFT community and the developer community and sort of meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, so yeah. we have a yeah we have a list of things uh, throughout the six weeks of the hackathon, which we will release once we get some some stuff out. But basically, ways for the developers who are participating to um, communicate or interact with the community, to you know get involved on social media and really just get the word out there and uh, you know build some hype. And we'd like to recognize that and encourage it. So that's where the proceeds of the sale will be. So um, it is an NFT series that, you know, you can have in your wallet and just be a, a reminder of the good times in 2022 when you helped out, you know. Um, actually, I, I saw the NFT um, that that they that HBAR to the moon made, and I really felt tempted to get one, and I might still get one, but uh, uh, it's kind of weird drinking your own Kool-Aid. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. I hope you guys will really love it when you see it. And uh, we we hope that this will kind of, you know, get people a bit more excited about the hackathon and, and get people talking about it, because that's really what this is all about. It's getting people aware of Hedera and building on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen their stuff in previous fundraisers, and it looks cool. Cool and classy. Not sponsored by them, but speaking of sponsors... It's time for podcast halftime. Welcome. This time is set aside for our guests to have a little break and for me to do paid reads of copy. If you're a business organization or just an extra supportive community member and you'd like me to read something aloud during this time, please send an email to hederahashcast at gmail.com and I'll let you know our rates. This week's sponsor is Hot Dog Hustle. Are you tired of being a soggy wiener? 
unloved, floating in a sea of lukewarm hot dog water? Are you ready to hustle? Are you ready to send it? Are you ready to hit it out of the ballpark, grab every topping life has to offer, and become a based brought god, filling every bun and relishing every moment? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Can a hot dog NFT project change the world? You bet your buns it can. Join in and become everything you ever wanted to be and rich beyond your wildest dreams in friendship. Sold at super affordable prices with tiered rewards for accumulation, tiered rewards for set collection, and each tier packed with gifts and access to special editions. There are even pieces that pay you HBAR. The Gen 1 layers are delicious, the Discord is freshly cooked, and the Governing Council are out of their minds. Drop everything, drop it, and join the hot dog hustle. How to join? Well, why not start by following them on Twitter at hot dog underscore hustle. Whew. That's the end of podcast halftime. All right. Let's talk about the future of Hashpack. What's coming up? I saw Link stuff says, on the roadmap. We have lots of stuff on the roadmap. It's just a matter of what we want to do. Um, I think that Nick is working on a few things that maybe we can share. Sure. Um, so what I've been working on lately is getting a mirror node stood up for us for uh, you know specific kinds of queries that we use. Uh, it's it's pretty hardware intensive to set one of these things up, like a huge amount of space consumed. Uh, so we're we're picking and choosing what kind of information we're storing and using, but uh, that's going to help us deliver a better user experience with with faster access to to that kind of information because the the public mirror nodes have some. Uh, throttling enabled, uh, and it makes it to where it's it's less reliable uh, in terms of response time. So it's it's going to be better to have have one of our own. Um, we're also working on something built into uh, to hash connect for the for version one. Um, we're still kind of it's still kind of early stages, but uh, that's that's also in the works. We're nice. also having a plan to do an audit in the future, which is mostly contingent on finishing up HashConnect because we want to make sure that that's captured in the audit. And that will also be uh, handled by Nick when the time comes. So uh, I know that it's a question that comes up occasionally and we do still have it on our roadmap. And it's just a matter of finding the right time to do it so that we get the most bang for our buck. Um, Tyler, what else are you working on here? Lately, uh, so I guess one of the things I've been working on lately is uh, NFT price history. Um, so that's that's going to be going live pretty soon. Um, so it's basically like you know trade trade history and graphs and stuff for uh, NFTs. Um, what else have I been working on? Uh, Please don't look at the Crete's one. Don't don't do that. <laughs> It's uh, it's an interesting feature because um, it, it kind of plays right into our like our secure trade stuff. Um, so when you secure trade, the the price that the NFT is exchanged for is recorded in like the the transaction history. Um, it, it, it's one of the weird things is like a lot of people have been like trading NFTs just like you send me the NFT, I'll send you H bar, right? And the problem with that is it doesn't get recorded in trade history because like the H bar transaction is not connected to the NFT transaction in any way. Um, so I, th I think a lot more people will be uh, doing those atomic trades for NFTs uh, in the future. Um, and the, the trade history is like in the ledger. It's part of the mirror node, yeah. like calls that you can make. So it's not, that we're making something up, it's actually part of what Hedera tracks. Um, so it's going to be interesting how people react to that. And and I think it'll be really cool to see, you know, you bought an NFT for so much and now you sold it for this much and you see the price as it goes up, up, hopefully up and up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, as someone who's part of the NFT space, this is a really weird and fun opportunity for me to think what's going to happen and how they're going to react and be completely wrong. So let me think. Uh, you would think that they would like that, right? You would think they would like that. Accurate tracking. I don't know if all creators are going to like that. 
Maybe maybe yeah. they don't want uh, to want people to know, but that's probably good. I think that it's something that also exists on other chains as well, so it's not it's not something novel. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at a lot of Ethereum NFTs, like the whole reason why certain collections become a lot more valuable is because there's that um, public display of the analytics and of the trade volume. So you go on OpenSea and you can see, you know, the top 10 or the top 50 traded collections that week. And it just kind of creates that um, extra layer of marketing, I suppose. So if your collection is popular, that's visible to everyone. Whereas I suppose there's not really that visibility and transparency in Hedera unless you go poking around in the history of Dragonglass. So I think it's just bringing that to the fore and just giving people that, that visibility of that stuff. And it would be good because um, we've had some recent rugs in the in a Hedera NFT community. Um, personally, I thought they were pretty obvious rugs, but, you know, people throw their H bar or whatever, uh, hoping it'll number will go up. And I think that'd be really good to to see that. I mean, are you going to see specific account numbers and stuff? Right. You would. Right. So, yeah, that yeah. would be good for a lot of these sketchy projects that are using like alt accounts to like buy their own things and you know which which happens a lot more than you might think and i think that it'll just you know provide a little bit more of a history a little bit more of a story around nfts i think that there is a lot of value in providing a a narrative around an nft and you know the history of it and who held it and you know um, not just the price, but what did it, when was it made and what did it mean when you made it? Right. I think that right. those things really do have, do have value, um, beyond just, you know, making a, another 10,000 NFT project that, uh, has rarities attached to it. If that rare NFT, you know, was owned at some point by Elon Musk, that's going to be nuts, right? So there's there's all of these opportunities to create stories out of this and track them and all of that kind of stuff that are really cool. That is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and narratives, narratives, I think, you know, are really important. I, I mean, you know, I'm a writer, I, yeah, I do NFTs and stuff, and I try to like make a, a dumb little world that not that many people care about. Um, but yeah, right now in the space, uh, it seems like a lot of people are focused on, oh, utility, how much HBAR am I going to get back, you know? So I think, and other, you know, other NFT chains aren't super worried about that because they have these strong narratives. And I, I, I feel like, and hearing this, I hope that we shift back to that and not just because uh, I'm a greedy boy, but because it's a lot more fun and, and interesting than just, you know, what percentage of this, NF, what percentage of NFT sales do I get, you know, before the SEC comes in and, you know, beats everybody up. <laughs> uh that's so yeah. cool what because i think one of the things that's interesting as well you know if you compare it to the art world it's all about the provenance of the piece of art who created it who bought it which hands it's exchanged and that that is kind of the the missing gap i think at the moment on hedera nfts so yeah we kind of see in lots of these utility projects that are popping up which i think are cool you know utility nfts have a place and i think they're really cool to see but i think you know it's sometimes missing that layer of um you know, going back to the core of what, what's the art, what's the artistic value and what's the provenance of the NFT. So I think that'll be really cool to see once history comes live. What I find, so what I, what's been really cool to see is how your product has evolved. If I were to explain Hashpack to somebody who hadn't ever, who was familiar with crypto, but uh, has, is not familiar with Hedera, I would say it's like a MetaMask but for the Hedera network, but that isn't true, right? Like that, that is, it's turning out to be less and less true because you guys are building out specific products for the Hedera community to use, like secure trade, right? Like MetaMask doesn't have something like that, I don't think. And it seems like you're going to build out that product set even more. Um, what I'm curious about is, do you guys have a business strategy or a, a for the future products you're going to build, do you know how you're going to monetize them? Yeah, it's actually... So while Nick and Tyler are there doing the actual um, development and building the features and building all of the tools, I spent a lot of my time, and Jacob as well with me, brainstorming what the future of Hashpack is going to look like. And of course, I, not to say that Tyler and Nick don't also discuss, like we're a, we're a very tight-knit team, 
But um, I can only do so many meetings a day before my brain turns to mush. So I spend a lot of time thinking about where we're going to go with with uh, with Hashpack. And so um, the the core the core mission, and it's kind of lame to talk about your company's mission, but um, it's different when you're like a small team that you know just has something that you're driving towards, you know, rather than like a big company. So that's how I feel about it. Is the things that we want to do with Hashpack is we want to make it easier for people to use the space. We want to make it uh, more accessible. We want to make it cool, you know? Um, so not just users, like people who are using Hashpack, but also developers, people who are building Hashpack or building on Hashpack or building on Hedera. We want to make things that make it easier. And so, you know, Secure Trade is right up in that line. Hash Connect 2 is, makes life so much easier for developers because now they don't have to keep track of private keys. Um, they don't have to keep track of users and make the users sign things and then worry about that. Like a lot of uh, projects don't want to handle custody of keys. And so we handle that for them. Or rather, we're, we're non-custodial, but the users can then sign using their keys um, in a secure way, right? And so we provide that with HashConnect. Um, and, you know, now we have just released support for smart contracts and for HCS, and we have HTS support. So basically, uh, a huge swath of the important features of uh, on Hedera are supported by HashConnect. So, you know, dApps can build what they need to build, and we can support them in that way. And um, so that's really you know, where we're going, we're, we're trying to think of ways to make life easier for everyone. And you asked about monetary stuff and how Hashpack makes money. And I've never been shy about telling people this because it's actually very, uh, uh, very easy to explain how wallets in crypto make money. And they make it by providing convenience functions for users. So anything that we do that makes things easier for the user that is unique and above what's what's the basic uh, basic functionality on the network, that's what we do. So that's what we, that's what we charge for. So we have MoonPay, which lets people buy HBAR in wallet, and we take a small cut of that. Um, and you can buy HBAR on an exchange, and that's no problem. And then you can send it over to Hashpack, and that's no problem. Or you can just buy it inside of Hashpack, and that's convenient, and we take a small cut. And then same with Secure Trade, you can send your... Uh, your NFT using Secure Trade, and we take a small cut of the final amount. Um, and you could also just send an NFT for an amount of 0.1 HBAR, and we take, you know, two percent of that small amount, and that's basically nothing, right? Uh, but what we think is valuable to people is providing a secure way to trade autonomously with a, between a buyer and seller. And we think that's valuable. And so if people want to take advantage of that, then they can. And, and it really future, helps when you're moving stuff from a, a, like an old wallet to your new wallet. Yeah. So you can trade it securely and you don't lose your, your NFT in the Ether, um, which is pretty good. Uh, and then in the future, we'll be having bridges and we'll have, be having swaps on Hedera. And we'll be you know bringing your Ethereum in and trading it for HBAR. Um, and you can do that on other websites. You can do it on the Swaps website and H uh, and uh, Hashpack won't charge any fee for, you know, Hash Connect and signing transactions. But if you want to do that in the wallet because it's convenient, because it feels more secure to do it inside your wallet than to connect to a website, you can. And we'll take a small cut of that. Um, and, you know, it's that convenience and that security that we offer people that I think is very valuable. And of course, the thing that helps me sleep at night is that you can always do it on a different site um, and, you know, bypass the fees. So it's really just a matter of providing that that user experience for our users that I think that is valuable. Yeah, no, that it, that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> that makes perfect sense. I mean, a lot of people, you know, want everything for free and that's not intrusive at all, at all. It's, you know, it's, hey, we're making something simpler for you. Like that's, that's value. So that is super, all this NFT stuff. I'm trying to, I don't want to talk about NFTs a bunch, but you know, it's just, it's just, 
I really want to see how this, when that comes out, how people react, because what a crazy bunch of weirdos. Is there anything else that's coming up that you want to talk about or tease or make sure people know about? I guess the one thing that we get asked probably on a daily basis is when are we getting a mobile app? And right. the answer is it's, it's on the roadmap. It is planned in. Um, so yeah, that is, that is coming along. That's Do we have any kind of rough year, less than a year, six months, three months? We hope that it will be in a year. But okay. it all depends on a number of things. Um, mobile apps are interesting. They're very interesting because uh, the way that we've structured the app, or rather the way that Tyler structured the app, is that you don't actually get more functionality out of having a mobile app. It's going to be the exact same experience, whether you're using it on a web app or whether you're using it on an extension. And that's very important to us uh, to have that, you know, uh, solid experience that's the same. Um, so the thing that the mobile apps give you is that they store the data a little bit differently. There's a little bit more segregation of your data, like your where the uh, where the information is stored. Uh, but it's not, it really depends on what you're talking about when it comes to security, because it's not really that much more secure, right. depending on what kind of malware you have on your computer, which is really how you would exploit the, the data on uh, for your Hashpack wallet. So it, it's not really even a matter of more or less security. So it's, so then the question is, I guess, you know, how much do people value getting it directly off of the app store? And I think they value it a lot, but at the same yeah. time, we're not, we're not making additional money off of it. We're not bringing in a ton more users, I think. And we're not really providing better functionality because it works just great as a PWA app, right? Um, so yeah, we want to put out a mobile app. And as soon as we can fit that in, we will. But there's so much that we have to build in the ecosystem that that will just, you know, bring in DEXs and swaps and bridges that, you know, are way more value add than than just adding a, a, an app on the App Store. Yeah, I think yeah. The, I think the yeah. main reason that people want it so bad is because a lot of people don't have like dedicated good desktops anymore. And they're just they just want to do everything on their phone. I'm not like that. I remember exact like uh, when you were making NFTs and sending them, it was like it had to be on the phone and then you could approve it on the desktop. And I hated that because my phone is horrible. It's just awful and really old. and doesn't work right. Um, so, you know, I don't have any problems. and I, I much prefer a desktop experience, but I think it's mostly just people who like want to like they're maybe they're trading on the go or they just want to like do everything from their phone. Um, I think you'd probably get a good a good boost in users, but I understand why it's not a big priority. I, I certainly don't care about it, but I, you know, a good amount of people just like want more convenience, which, you know, as, as you said, is kind of like the main thing Hashback's trying to offer is convenience. The, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, you look at other big wallets across other chains, so things like MetaMask on Ethereum and uh, Phantom on Solana as well, and that's the approach that they've taken. They, you know, they go Chrome extension first or web app first, and then they build out that full feature set. And then once they've got that full feature set, then they'll create the mobile app. Um, so I think that's probably the route that will go down. You know, you look at, I think, Phantom, I think nine or 10 months after launching, and they had about 1.8 million users. That's the point at which it is, they decided to create a mobile app. So, you know, quite far along in their journey, I suppose. Um, and they're like the leading wallet on, on Solana. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's it's just you know you can use it on a mobile and it works great on a mobile in the in the progressive web app or in the browser. But really, we want to add all that functionality on the core experience first before porting it over to a native app. I suppose. Is Apple is Apple also kind of like a big roadblock, like how they how they work? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's lots of um, compliance stuff around, especially around NFTs and uh, and crypto with with Apple. Uh, lots of hurdles that you have to jump through it also means you can't be as innovative as well because you have to every time you want to push a new release you have to get it approved by apple so you can't you know iterate as quickly and you know we're, we're pushing patches out um once a week once a fortnight so we wouldn't be able to do it with that um velocity if we were a mobile app i suppose 
Yeah, sure. makes perfect sense. I'm sure the fact that the Swift SDK hasn't been built for Hedera probably is like a big thing. But I, I will say that after the slime world uh, moment that your your guys step function, if I were you guys, and which I'm not, and I'm an armchair expert, and I don't know anything, but I would, there are so many places or everywhere where everybody has a smartphone now. Um, and I would, if I wanted to increase adoption of my app and increase the amount of transactions, I would just be going for them. But that that's just me being greedy and being like, I want money, you know? Going for them, what do you mean them? Sorry, going for, going for um, uh, play, to, play to earn games, uh, games and where a lot of, and markets where, markets where pretty much third world markets, emerging markets go for them. Um, everybody has a phone there and everybody uses a phone. And these are the places right now where there isn't as much regulation and there's more embracing of this technology that I would just go there. I would try to go for them. Well, I yeah. tried reaching out. I was just going to say, I was going to bring up that exact point with Apple and, and just the, the restrictions on uh, like apps on their store. Um, and like, there's a whole bunch of like technical reasons, right? Like you basically need a MacBook to build Mac, like iOS apps. Right. And so mm -hmm. we'd probably have to purchase one of those somehow. Um, and uh, so realistically, we're probably looking at like a Play Store app before an iOS app um just like complexity wise it's way less um, yeah 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 this is why i've, I've not jumped on the apple train because i do so much like weird stuff and there's just like there's an app for that it's like not for me not for the weird stuff i'm doing like when i want to like write um my dumb amiibo codes to like stickers so i can use them without having to buy them like baby gotta do android Um, one thing I want to just clarify, cause it's been brought up a, a few times is yeah, on your roadmap, it says you're going to be doing stuff with cross chain bridges, token swaps. So just for clarification, you're going to be taking advantage of people building that. Correct. Okay. You're not going to be building it yourself for listeners. Uh, may nodded. Nod. <laughs> um, while we do want to build, you know, tools and infrastructural things that help people build on it, we aren't too interested in making our own decks or making our own bridge or something like that. I think that, you know, if we were some, um, huge company with multi-million dollars and stuff, we might put it off or put it onto like multiple teams and like, you know, become like a consensus type thing where they've got MetaMask and they've got Infure and they're doing multiple things at once. But right. uh, it's more practical for us to focus on this. And I think it's more healthy for the ecosystem for us to uh, focus on promoting other developers, uh, promoting other projects and companies and getting them building on Hedera rather than us trying to do everything, you know? Um, right. one, one big thing, you know, that is uh, that's already happened was people were asking if we were going to make a nft marketplace back when we released nft support and while we could have done that we could have definitely gone straight into making it a marketplace you know integrate it into the wallet and it would have been seamless and you know fantastic or whatever now look at where we are now three mm -hmm. months later there's four marketplaces that are out and more coming and all of that is because we focus on building the things that help them make their projects go live, right? And that's the sort of adoption and, and strategy that we're, we're trying to embrace here. Um, help others build on the ecosystem and accelerate it in that way, rather than trying to be a Swiss Army knife and do it all. Right. And it, it keeps you fast and agile, too, which is something that I think a lot of people maybe don't appreciate <laughs> as much as I do. Um, just that you're like you're fixing problems fast. You're facilitating new things fast. Uh, I, I, I have no experience with this kind of thing, but it seems very quick to me, like the way that you're rolling out stuff and facilitating new things. And if you were bogged down by like, okay, now here's the hashtag marketplace and here's the hashtag, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
like then you wouldn't be able to like get in the right places and support where you need to get into another place and support where you need to. It's very clear probably that I'm, I'm biased towards Hashpack, but you know, to be fair, they have a very good product and they're all and it's cool. Just our, our developers, you know, Tyler and Nick are fantastic and they bang things out so quickly. Um, you know, ledger, ledger support. I like to say this a lot. I like to brag about them a lot because ledger support was not easy. Uh, from what they tell me. And there was a lot of hardware specific things that they had to figure out. And uh, they banged it out. Like it felt like one weekend and they had Ledger working, whereas all the other wallets are struggling to make that work. Right. So um, we have some really amazing people here. And uh, Tyler is doing the whole <laughs> Jesus Halo thing right there. So yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> his, his, he's just shining on us all. <laughs> Yeah, as soon, as soon as you started talking about him, it's like this, you know, for listeners, this beautiful golden light was just streaming in, making him look like, uh, you know, so, some some messiah of some religion you might be familiar with. Very funny. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, unless you guys have anything uh, that you want to talk about, I think this is a great episode. We covered a lot. Uh, make sure to follow their Twitter account at uh, hashtag app. Is that correct? Right. Good. Um, and support them any way you can because they rule and I love them and I'm not biased. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, just the facts. Completely objective. Yeah. Completely objective. Completely objective. Well, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I think it's time to bookend this baby. Thank you so much again to the panel for being here. As always, I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, following us on Twitter at Hedera Hashcast, and supporting us via Patreon. For just $1 a month, you'll get the podcast a day early on Monday instead of Tuesday and access to our exclusive patron community where we have surveys, behind the scenes content, and lots of other fun stuff. For the $10 tier, you get all that with a custom shout out at the end of the podcast from yours truly. Thank you for listening and for helping to build a consensus in the Hedera community. Thank you to our patrons, ABFT, FTW, 